Welcome to Documentary First, an inside look at a first-time filmmaker's journey. I'm your host, Josh Lindsay, from the Movie Proposal Podcast. And with me, as always, is our first-time filmmaker, Christian Taylor. Hey, Josh Lindsay. Hello. Hi, everybody. And as always, our trusty, dusty, research extraordinaire, button-pushing guy, Jason Rugg. Hey there. Hey, Jason. I feel like you guys are a lot farther away. I know. We got four mics on the table today. (laughs) That's because... We just recorded the latest movie proposal podcast with Sky Jatani, and sometimes we have guests, and today's guest was Christian Taylor. Yes, I was. Thank you for having me on. Yes, and so we always feature a film, a new film on the movie proposal podcast, and this film was The Girl Who Wore Freedom. Right. Which was interesting because... Because uh, we're not really finished? You, well, it's not finished. <laughs> you can't go into theaters and see it, right? You know, like, uh, there's people... You know, can't stream it right now or go to the theaters or whatnot. However, there are screenings going around the country that people can go to to see it, and then eventually it will come out. But it was a good, especially if you enjoyed this podcast documentary first, it was another good discussion of filmmaking and documentary films and your story in the film and reactions to it and so forth. Well, I think if people are interested in film at all, they'll enjoy your podcast simply because you're not just talking about one film. You go back. Tell the formula real fast because I don't think we've done that on the show before. Something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. So we pick a film that's something old, so pre-2000, just something we think is worth revisiting, encouraging people to watch. The something new is a new film. So it could be, you know, Toy Story 4. And then we make a proposal, right? You know, almost like a thesis statement and kind of defend it, discuss it. We don't really necessarily critique it, although we do say if we like it or not. And then we go to something borrowed, usually an article focused on the film and maybe something that was written by a critic or a, an author somewhere. And then we end with something blue, something that blew our minds or blue chunks. So, so something film-related or... Maybe just entertainment related. But it's a lot of fun. So if you like movies, you like podcasts, it's a good good podcast to check yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was fun. Thanks for having me on. We will put that on our uh, Facebook page, our you know, our website blog is part of what we'll do with that. So um, and I would encourage you people to go check out the movie proposal. They have a lot of episodes. How long have you been doing the show? Three years. Wow. That's yeah. great. So uh, with the girl who wore freedom, so I, I am I have been involved in a very minor outskirts role, but I so I've been more of I would say more of an observer, kind of help when I can, but definitely not involved in production. My wife Angie is a little more involved in helping with bookkeeping and things like yeah, that. So she's been great. she fills me in, but certainly never been around it. And so the first time I got to be around it, so to speak, was at the Chicago screening. Yeah, so, which was just a couple of days ago right, in we July. Were, we were in, we call it Chicago, but it was technically Oak Park. Right, the Lake Theater. Beautiful theater, beautiful downtown Oak Park. Very, I don't, how do you describe that theater? Because it's very... Uh, Gosh, it's very Art Nouveau. Like, there you go. I mean, it's, you know, it seems like it was from the 20s or 30s. Yeah, and, like statues and... Yeah, it's beautiful. Right, very, like, like architectural design. Not, they didn't just throw in the walls and think about the speakers. I mean, it was like, it's, it is a theater, right? Yeah, and what's interesting is that theater was more than we needed. It was 500 seats. We had a little over 200 people, and it's in the shape of an arrow. Did you notice that? Like, you have this one oh, long think, aisle, okay. and yeah. then you have this arrow of seating at the front, and then you have the stage. It was really interesting. Right. Um, but I tell you, that is the best place our film has played. Okay. Um, you know, we talked last week about how the venue changes everything. And I learned this past week that um, 
it's not only the venue that changes the film, but the audience. And so this was the first real American audience that I've showed the film to, and it changed everything. Uh, just the way they interacted with the film, the things that they got from the film were different. And so it changed uh, my experience. Even there were French kids, like high school kids that had seen it in France, and they came back and they're like, oh my gosh, it's so much better here. And really? We were less critical and judgmental, and we just enjoyed the film. And, and so you forgave them? I that? did. I did. <laughs> I did. And so, um, so yeah, it was super, um, super different being in there. Okay. And this was a, a screening for the purpose of Getting feedback, right? Yes, we definitely needed feedback. Um, and, you know, we did get a lot of that for sure, immediate feedback. Um, and we did have people fill out forms, and we had people talk to us afterwards. So that was really helpful, actually. Do you, do you find that uh, discouraging, stressful, encouraging? Do, does that bother you? Like, it's so hard. It's so hard to hear criticisms. I mean, I'm hungry for it because I really want to make this the best film that it could possibly be. But um, it's hard to hear. And uh, I had a documentary film professor at Columbia that came, and he left after the first hour, and I was crushed. I was like... At the Chicago screen? Yes, yes. And then he gave me follow-up feedback yesterday. For only seeing an hour of the film? Yeah. Wow. And it was... um, it was super hard because his focus is storytelling. So he focuses on the story of a documentary, documentary storytelling. And um, so to have him leave and even not watch the whole thing was super hard for me. And the reason I think he left was because he said he felt like in the first hour I had done my job. I had done a good story from beginning to end, and he felt I was beginning to repeat myself. But the thing is, he didn't stay for the rest of the hour, and I didn't set the premise up very well in the beginning. That's some of the story problems I've recognized I've had. Um, So I've asked him to go back and watch the final part of it. But did he have, like, positive feedback on the first hour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. You know, it's super tight. It was good. It was new information. Um, But I do think... he would have a more fuller experience if he had stayed. And maybe he had to go somewhere else also, and it wasn't just the reason. But um, he gave me some very constructive criticism about, um, you know, what ha- needs to happen in the story for it to be a top-notch film. Okay. And so I think for, you know, writing and creating a film in 12 weeks from somebody who has no idea what she was doing, uh, I felt pretty satisfied that, you know, he had a lot of positive things to say, but it is hard hearing the negative criticism. So will you... Because sometimes, you know, people will be critical and they have no idea what they're talking about. You know, like, well, my seat was uncomfortable or it was really loud, you know, like, you know, or just <laughs> they, and it has nothing to do with the content of what you're trying to get across. And so, like, it, do you have a team of people that's working with you to go yes. through this? Or Yeah, I mean, I have consultants. Yeah, okay. So I have consultants that have done much more than I have in the industry. And so they are helping me review it. Michael's one um, who's really consulting me. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I want to know what Everyday Joe thinks about the film. And there is a hand in, you know, I mean, there's a what do I want to say? Hand in glove. It's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. There's a hand in glove thing here in that, you know, the regular everyday 
person does not understand the nuance of film or the storytelling of film or everything that goes in there. So mm-hmm. sometimes their comments really aren't that helpful, right. but it's helpful to know what plays and what lands. And so most people who don't know the, the intricacies of documentary filmmaking, they love it and they think it's a little bit long yeah. and that's about all they can give me. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, it's not very helpful at the end of the day, but I do know that, okay, it is still long. I have to share this story. I got to go to a screening. Uh, it was a film, someone who used to work at Big Idea, and so I got invited to this screening. It was, it was, a, it was a feedback one. So it was actually a Christian film that was coming out, and we got to see it you know, like three months before release date. And they, they're looking, like, like, like most Hollywood films do, is they do pre-screenings, see how audiences react, and then they'll tweak it, you know, see if the jokes work or whatnot. And, and not only did they have a card that you filled out, but they actually had, I want to hear the feedback now. Like, let's hear your responses right. now. Well, and, <laughs> this older couple was sitting in the film, and they raised their hand, and so the producer calls on them. He's like, what would you think? And, and the woman said in the audience, have you seen the movie Pay It Forward? <laughs> so good. You should really see the movie Pay It Forward. We just saw it. And that was it. That was her only comment. <laughs> and the poor producer was like, I don't know what to do with that next, right? You know, who can I call over here? You know, so you're going to get those kind of comments. Yeah. People have no idea even how to communicate how they're feeling right now. <laughs> right, right. Well, absolutely. And that's why, like, when these focus group screenings, or they're also called impact screenings, and they're also to raise awareness. Aware- awareness and get people following you on social media so buyers distributors will look and see that you have a solid audience already built in Um, that's important when you're trying to sell a film and so um, you know I, I, I do think that when you're just in the audience and you can hear them laugh when you hear the silence of them being emotionally moved, you know, you can feel that energy, that you can see their faces, you see after, like what their faces look like, Mm -hmm. and that's the value of those in-person focus group screenings Mm. more than what they actually say because you see what lands, what jokes land, what don't, if maybe we carried a joke too far and we need to cut it at this place or that. Um, You know, one screening I was in, Everybody was leaning around each other to try to read the subtitles. You know, you learn things by physically watching. Um, and so for us, the focus group screenings have been invaluable for that information. Plus, as I watch it over and over and over again, you know, I begin to hone in on what I can cut and what lands well and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And um, so at the end of the day, yes, the written or the verbal things that people tell me um, are important. But now, after having watched it with an audience 12 to 15 times, I have a really good idea of what I need to do next. Okay. So uh, you have more screenings coming. Yes. We do have a screening in August uh, in Colorado Springs, Colorado. We have one in Denver at the same time, like around August 22nd, 23rd, 24th. Uh, In September, we're going to be in Clarksville, Tennessee, which is right near Nashville. That's like September 18, 19, 20. Um, In October, the uh, October 2nd, 3rd, 
4th, right around in there, we're going to be in New York City and on Long Island. Um, in November, we're going to be in Branson, Missouri at the Branson Military Film Festival. We're going to be in Wheaton, Illinois in January. We're going to be in Massanutten Military Academy in February. So um, Now, can anyone go to these yes, screenings? Yes, anyone can go, and they're free, and we would love to have anybody join us. So how do they find out So you and- watch our social media for sure, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can always go to our website, normandystories.com, and find out more information. If you want to host a screening in your area, we're going to put on our website uh, the steps to getting a screening in your area. Okay. And I think we talked about this last podcast, but uh, in terms of like – festivals for a competition's sake or, um, you know, trying to garnish awards or things like that. I mean, are you looking into that as well? Absolutely. Well, as soon as we get the finished cut of the film that I'm happy with, then we will begin submitting it to the film festivals. And I would love for us to do the film festival circuit next year. I don't know if we'll make it in time because I have to raise more money before I can redo my edits. Because I don't have any money to pay my Oh, editor. I see. Okay. You can't get the finished film until you can pay someone to finish Correct. it to do it. Got it. Okay. All right. If you want to make a donation, normandystories.com <laughs> Tax slash donate. Yeah. Well, hey, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening to uh, Documentary First. Uh, we're going to wrap up here, but I do encourage you to uh, check out um, all the social media. There's great blog posts and short videos you can watch if you can't go see the full film. Um, But again, thanks for listening to Documentary First, where we believe everyone has a story to tell, and you can be the one to tell it. Sure can. Bye, everybody.